There is a perfect example of motherhood out there. We've all felt its presence. It lingers in our social media feed, in the products we buy, the answers to the questions we research. Even though we know it's not real, we feel it spotlight what we could be doing better. Join two best friends as they step off the stage of motherhood and go behind the scenes with moms from different walks of life. The Mom Cult Podcast. Real moms, real talk, real tired. Welcome to Mom Cult Podcast after the episode with Jenny Black. Hey, Sarah. I like hearing your your <laughs> intro voice. These microphones just do it to me. <laughs> I can see you like gearing up for it. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> and then trying to play it cool once the words come out of your mouth. <laughs> this is actually how I talk. <laughs> I have it all together. Mm. All right, Jen, what did you think about? Oh, we're starting. <laughs> the episode with Alexis. So the first weird thing was that she has, I know Alexis, but That's her right. voice, because I've known, I've known her since she was in second grade, <laughs> or no, fifth grade. Third, third, fourth. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to all the grades. <laughs> That's the most important detail to get down from this. Yeah. Shout out for um, She has the same voice as Brandon's girlfriend. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, that weird. was a weird sensation. I don't know. It was just weird. I haven't met her yet or spoken well, to her, so I don't even know. That's what she sounds like. Okay. I like her already then. So let's see. Where do we want to start? The first note that I have is things are so temporary in this gig. Who said oh, Sarah. that? <laughs> I guess. I like, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is so good. Gig. That is such a good line. <laughs> Oh, because you were talking about yourself, like mm-hmm. having like we were doing the check-in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Having a hard time, but I'm not gonna have a hard time for very long because that's how it is. But man, things are so temporary <laughs> in this gig. Like uh-huh. as soon as you figure it out, let's pretend that could happen. I don't think I've ever heard of that happening. That you could figure it out and be like, oh, I'm on top of this. I'm great. Right, right. But then like somebody always has a cold, or there's a death in the family, or a pandemic. Like there's mm-hmm. there's never like everything is temporary yeah. in this gig. I yeah. just feel like that's. What is it we're all trying? Like, if that's true, if that's like the most true thing, then what is it we're all trying? Is this just an illusion? What did stability we, like, are we trying right. to find? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what, what did we watch? It or doesn't hear? exist. Exactly. No, exactly. Yeah. And yet we're all like, and I need to get back to back to what? Uh-huh. Where have you ever <laughs> seen that? There have been moments. I've had a couple where like everything aligns. One time I can think of exactly the moment. Actually, I was reading. Harry Potter to Parker who's two, which doesn't make any sense. And um, I had this feeling in this moment and <laughs> how everything just felt like, oh, this is exactly right. And then it was that was like three minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I it. think we just have, you it know, backwards. that's a win. We just have it backwards. Like life is it's, everything is temporary, which we already know in but, general. But we don't but know. We're still like pining for some yeah. stability always. Yeah. So you're saying it's all ridiculous. And then the like what we should be is like, oh. <gasps> Look at that we're moment. Ha- we're having a moment. <laughs> yeah, we found it. We oh, know it's not going to last long, but here it yeah, is. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I did feel like that in that moment. Like, this is, whoa. Yeah. Well, so maybe that's what our conversations should be Like when we're talking to other moms. It's like, oh, my gosh, you're not going to believe it. I had a good moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not going to believe what happened to me today. You're not going to believe what happened to me two weeks ago for three minutes. It was phenomenal. It made it all worth it, honestly. You know? I'm still living off that three minutes that my kid was looking in my eyes and I started crying. But like that, yeah, no, I won't go on about it, but 
Listen, guys, it was amazing. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> like the only reason any of us are still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sarah, I took a bunch of notes off of what you said. So you were talking Uh-oh. about Eric being out of town mm-hmm. and that he does do a lot of stuff, but you didn't realize you don't even need him to do that stuff. Just the presence Just the of presence. feeling not in yes. it alone. Yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I just meant I don't have to have that to have the space that it creates to have like a person that comes in and goes like talks to him for five. But no, I need <laughs> I need that bath time. Right, right. You do like desperately. Do. Yeah. Yes, that's so true. I know that's not what you meant. He's not going to listen and go well. <laughs> but just the, the anxiety I feel at the thought of it is. Anyway, carry on. I won't keep stopping oh, you. My God, oh, stop. That's, no, that's what you're here for. Jesus, it's a, it's a conversation. <laughs> So I just kept, I was remembering when my kids were little and my next door neighbor and I were at home all day by ourselves. And then we were next door to each other at home by ourselves. And just that feeling of having another human, another human, (laughs) another adult Mm -hmm. human who could just look over at you and like be exasperated with (gasps) you. Like nothing, they couldn't even do anything about it. But just being there and just remember feeling like that's all I needed. Like that's really all I needed. Yeah. I got a facial today. From Shannon at Profile Skin Studios. This is my little a little plug for her. What is everyone their, should go and get a facial. Instagram, not that. I think it's just Profile Skin Studio. Yeah, but we were talking about that about how like she was saying she had been feeling just overwhelmed and kind of over it, and she's like, "I'll go to text someone like another mom." And then I stop myself because I don't want to, like, explain anything. I don't want to talk more than just, like, I just want to say what I want to say. And then, I don't know, just have something to vent Mm -hmm. out or feel like you're sharing it with somebody that knows what you're talking about. And I was like, yeah, it's just so important to have those mom friends where you could get together, but you don't have to feel like you have to small talk or entertain each other. It's like, I just want another human next to me that knows how I'm feeling. And we don't really even have to talk about it if we don't want to. But having that, someone to that share in your, in your lows. One of my friends texting me, my mother-in-law just fed the baby chicken tenders. <laughs> that's, that's all the text said. <laughs> Eric's, I want to say, paternal grandmother when he was only on milk still. And I may be getting this wrong, but his mom tells a story. I'm going to throw her under the bus, right under the bus. That she, Where we all are, Sarah. Right. Yeah. Welcome. Join us. Yeah. Um, I've had a mashed potatoes and gravy. Like, he, and he never had salad food before after they went on a date. And he was like, oh, he loved it. And, and then he, he just shit his pants <laughs> for the next two days. Yeah. He lived, but... I actually, retelling the story, I'm not as triggered by it, but she was telling me that in the moment where I was like, okay, every, well, I'm still like that. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm so OCD about every little thing, like everything he eats, everything, especially when he was eating not salad foods. So, How does Eric feel about mashed potatoes and gravy now? See, that's why you're here. It's such a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I... I don't know what perspective you guys will answer this from, but I thought it was an interesting idea when Alexis was talking about asking her son what his opinions were about the Mm -hmm. new school that he was, or Mm -hmm. new schools. And so it just made me think of like all the stories of my kids growing up 
and when to know when it's time to bring them into a decision and how much power they have mm-hmm. in those decisions and when that's really empowering for them and like, oh, we're, we're all in this together and when it's like, no, we're making this decision. You don't have to worry about that. You're the kid here. I just wondered what y'all's thoughts were about that. I don't know. I mean, Ava's definitely old enough to have some <laughs> input. <laughs> She's got lots of ideas. (laughs) I'm probably in the middle of trying to figure that out, like just on decision basis. Well, also kid basis, because with Ava, you could see that every single day until she turns 18, you're going to be having to say, I'm sorry, I'm the parent. We're Mm -hmm. the ones making the decision, right? Mm -hmm. Where with some other kids, you're balancing out something. Whatever they, yeah. whatever they come with. Um, again, he's only two. I don't need to keep saying that. But we're potentially starting a new two-day-a-week program that's like a you know daycare school kind of situation this next week. And I'm a little, like, my codependency is creeping out. And so I'm, like, sentimental and going, oh, this is the last time he'll be at home. And they're like, you can start December 1st or you can start, you know, now. And I'm like, don't worry, he'll be home a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> he'll still be. Right. It's like, what am I even doing? The point is. I keep saying, do you want to start school next week? Because <laughs> I want him to say yes. <laughs> Instead of me having to make the decision. He he said no the first couple of times. And now he's saying yes. So, um, Do you remember as a kid being included or not included in decisions about you? Yes. Like, well, well, not in like a great healthy way, but I was going to daycare and they were taking me and everything was fun, but I didn't want to go. And my dad took me one day and I just lost it crying and... He didn't make me go, and then I never went back. <laughs> oh, Sarah. <laughs> Which probably wasn't the best thing Sarah. for me. It's like, oh, I'm so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind, which I don't even know if this counts, was when you got proposed to, and I was the only one that, in the family that didn't know. I remember being upset that I was left out of yeah. that. Yeah. Because they, I didn't, they I were didn't worried I would say something. <laughs> but I was in, I was Ava's age. That's so. But I can also I can little. see her struggling. <laughs> I could picture her struggling with that. Now you've gotten a whole new or perspective being like, on it. Something's right. happening tonight. <laughs> and be like, no, that counts. Stop. <laughs> but uh, I didn't say. I didn't say what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think that your inside self deserves a lot more credit than your outside self maybe had earned. <laughs> yeah. But your inside self is like, give me some credit, everybody. Okay, so when I was maybe a freshman in high school, I'd signed up to go to this wilderness trek camp, like go live in the wilderness for two weeks with this group of people. And um, I just got really scared and freaked out right at the end. And mom and dad, mom and well, no, like we hadn't, I hadn't left yet. Oh, at the end. What do you mean at the end? Like I hadn't gone on the trip. Like it was time to go on the trip. Like the next day we were supposed to leave. And I freaked out. So at the beginning of the trip. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't one of those things like Paris Hilton when they come grab you in the middle of the night and take you. Right, right, right. No, not like that. Okay. So I just, you know, was crying. I can't go. I I made up a bunch of things that I didn't want, why I didn't want to go. And they didn't make me. And like, I think they should have made me. And Mm -hmm. so just that point and then Mm -hmm. just... Connecting to that as a parent and watching your kid and going like, is this the time I honor what you're asking for? Or is this the time I say, I know something more than you know, and I'm going to push you through it. Okay, so she was talking about, I I think this has come up with every single parent I've ever talked to. It's the idea of when your kid's in a school situation and you're like, is this the right school? Was this the right place for them? They're not happy or whatever. So I think that's a really important conversation because 
knowing the balance of when to build up your child's resilience skills versus Mm -hmm. changing your child's environment. And again, paying close enough attention that you can trust your intuition and like your kid and yourself enough to know, okay, this is the time you're going to have to tough this out. I mean, it's really the same as the other conversation, Mm -hmm. or this is the time that I'm going to, I'm going to do my darndest to, to move the situation so that I could better support you. Yeah. And I've seen, you know, both things happen, right? Parents will take their kids out and put them in a different school and the same issues are still there because it's issues that the kid's going to have to work on no matter what. And then I've seen other times where a kid's taken out and they come back to life, you know, and they they get in an environment where it's just like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize how bad it was until Mm -hmm. I'm seeing them in the environment that's right for them and they're doing so well. But I have a philosophy about this. Of course you do. Of course. It's called the Thanksgiving philosophy. Oh, (laughs) timely. Wow. Timely, right? So when our family moved here, right at the beginning of the school year in August, so I was a junior in high school, and I was in excruciating pain, like having left all my friends and just the difficulty of trying to make new friends. And it's such a culture shock moving from Texas to here at that time in the early 90s. Very now. Right. Very hip. Right. Oh, even my outfits from the 90s there wouldn't be cool now. (laughs) (laughs) So I was very, very, very sad. And of course, back in those days, there was no like such thing as like, oh, my kid's grieving. Right. (laughs) We should take them to therapy. It was just like, (laughs) get over it. (laughs) Something's wrong with my daughter. So mom and dad were worried about me and they talked to a guy at church, this guy visiting a church and they're like we don't know what to do she hates the school she hates it here she doesn't have any friends whatever and he said don't worry about her until thanksgiving if she still feels this way after thanksgiving then then start seeing what else that you could do and so they waited and after thanksgiving like i was dating i had friends i was like you know i was doing great i was doing awesome so i applied that to my kids entire school life every time that we would start a new school or they'd have a new teacher and you're just sitting there like i don't like this teacher i don't like how she did that Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm like my kid's really crying every single day for the first two weeks of school like do i need to go talk to somebody and i made a commitment that i would never go talk to a teacher or ask for any changes until after thanksgiving and out of all of their years of school i never ended up doing it wow it, nice. Every single time it, it worked out. So I just I just think it's a great. Because fall break probably isn't like, it's a little too too soon. close too into soon. school too starting. Soon. Yeah, That has been so helpful. That was so helpful. It's just this simple guiding principle that was like, this is going to work itself out or it's mm-hmm. not going to work itself out. It's a good one. And just again, you with my kids being the ages that they are now, which is 22 and 20, you cannot underestimate the importance of resilience as much as possible that you can not remove obstacles from your child's life but help them to get through the obstacles it's like that is the secret that is like it might be the number one parenting secret that you could know and so when they do when they do have an awful teacher or when they do have a friend that's mean to them or a class that they're not doing well in the skill set that they're developing as Mm -hmm. a first grader is the exact same skill set they have to build as a 25 year old if Mm -hmm. they haven't done it so it's it it is so it's the best investment like it keeps giving and giving and giving to your kids 
I love that. Yeah, I'll just do that. Yeah. Well, it makes, <laughs> Sounds good. It makes you... <laughs> I mean, because the truth is that Thank means you. you don't have to control their world anymore. Yeah, no, totally. You're done controlling their environment. You mean if you don't have, if you don't think of it, like I have to take everything difficult out of the way? Yeah. Like um, the book that I still haven't finished, but Blessing of the Skin Knee. Yes. Is that a yes. good? Yeah. Um, oh, literally in my notes is stop sucking teeth and I keep doing it right now. Sucking your you teeth? Suck your teeth. That would, oh. oh my God. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awful. Um, what else sorry. you got in those notes? <laughs> some of them are funny. Well, some of them actually, actually, the literal first one is don't mention the notes you took. These is a lot of, like, you know, talking myself up is uh-huh. the first bit. Um, you got this, Sarah. <laughs> then, then there's the part that I know you're going to touch on. I don't want to like steal that thunder. And then, uh, do you have written down again? to like not steal, steal it? Like, remember, steal don't thunder. steal thunder from Jenny. Uh, I, th- I think I'm jumping. I think I'll be jumping ahead. But well, I, I bet you don't have this written down. I just, I'm just noting. You mentioned how like uh, the clothes. Well, you're probably going to mention that. I'm going to wait. <laughs> Well, you're allowed to bring yeah, something can, up. We can bring it, it back. Have to be oh, you can jump down. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 You can change um, the dynamic, right, power right. dynamic a Absolutely. little bit. You got the power, girl. Okay. <laughs> I share my power with you. Thank Ooh, you. She's sitting up straight now. <laughs> Shoulders back. We got a new, whole new Sarah. <laughs> oh, I've been working on my posture. It says work on posture. <laughs> Um, roommates, whenever you had roommates with the, oh the my first gosh. baby, I was like, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> and I, and just thinking about how mad I get at literally nobody being in our house. And I, I felt like that, that moment, that one sentence that just kind of, kind of just went along the way. I was like, that, that was a like, pause it. And then for like two years, be like, okay, that's the girl who's doing this podcast. <laughs> like, no one can have roommates and a newborn. That's the most, <laughs> unless they're a nanny. Like, that's the most awful thing I've ever heard. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, like, it was just normal it for wasn't you. the best, yeah. Like, yeah, we had roommates. We had a newborn. You seemed very calm. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you did start something called Mom Cult, like, to have support mm-hmm. system and, and all that stuff. So yeah. that's why we are where Des- we are. Desperate times. Yeah. Okay, so then just the whole concept of birth stories. Yeah. Wow. That was well, intense. Has that mm-hmm. always been a thing? That's what I was going to ask you. I mean, no. I, I think that's like internet. It, internet and the baby show. Remember there was a baby? On TLC. Mm-hmm. Oh. That was probably there the was, beginning. Yeah, what were those Baby called? story? Baby story, marriage baby story. story. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I would watch, me and mom would watch all of yes. those. Yeah. And then trading spaces. Or also, I didn't know I was pregnant or something. Oh. That's something we should do, Pop Culture Corner. But that was like just hearing her birth story. I was like, wow, how helpful is it to hear someone else's birth story? Not like for their story, but for your own. Mm-hmm. Like it's wonderful to hear other people's stories. But for your own, like if you're trying to figure out mm-hmm. what's my birth going to be like. Yeah. And everyone says it. Again, no two births are ever the same. And yet it's there's still this idea that there is this way birth is supposed to go. And... I mean, my goodness, that was so traumatic. It was mm-hmm. traumatic to listen to. Yeah. That was so intense. How amazing. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts about hearing other people's birth stories or even thinking about your own birth stories? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even remember thinking about mine after. Well, you can't. Like, I mean, the thing is, is like, 
Like it wasn't a thing I narrated in my head. Right. I remember sitting around a table. I had some all some friends that were all pregnant at the same time, and I was like, "Come over, let's have dinner, so you guys can all get to know." They all kind of knew each other. It's like get to know each other better. And the main topic of conversation was how stressed they all were about how the birth was going to go and what it was going to be like and how it was going to go down. And I'm the only one who's already had a kid, and I'm like, I don't even have. The amount of things to think about after the birth right. like, is so overwhelming and so much and so all-encompassing that that's almost the last. Right. That's the last thing. Like, I don't. I, you know what it is? I just figured it out as what? you said it. Something in us instinctually knows this is the last thing I'm ever going to be able to control. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just putting and all. guess what? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> But let me hold on to the illusion. But I'm, gonna, a little yeah, bit I'm really gonna believe this is gonna go and down the way I picture it. You don't think it. further than that, right? Because you know, yeah, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying on the second kid that you weren't so obsessed with it leading up to? Is that what you meant? Yeah. I mean, I was still the ner- nerves. The curiosity is right. there. The nerves are there. The knowing I was going to try to do it natural right. was de- the fear was definitely there. And I was just so ready for it to start unfolding so that I could just kind of, I was just ready to move into the next, you know, like, let's, let's start, let's start this. Cause nine months is just a long, it's a long time. Yeah. I feel like when you're, f- especially when you're quarantined, <laughs> Oh gosh, <laughs> just give me some alcohol, please. <laughs> <laughs> but even with Ava, I, I don't know. I just, it's, that's not my personality to try to control a scenario anyway like I'm definitely the more of a follower so I find comfort in knowing that the people around me know what they're doing and that I can just trust those people so I only had like one instance with my birth with Ava where I asked a question to just kind of clarify something instead of just being like yeah sure whatever I think they wanted to give me go ahead and give me the epidural because my blood pressure was really high and I just said Am I far enough along where it's going to slow things down? Or, you know, or maybe I asked him, like, could you just call my doctor and ask if he, and if he agrees, then great. Because he was the, you know, the person that I had talked with the most. What didn't You can't really me? see past that. I feel like when you're pregnant, like, that is, that's right, the final right, chapter, right? About, that's right, the right, end yeah. before the next right, chapter begins. Right. And you can't really fathom, like, picturing a baby in this empty crib in your nursery that's been there for a month or a couple weeks or whatever, you have all this space ready in the car seat, in your car, but there's no baby in it yet. And you're like, can't even picture the baby because you don't know what the baby's going to look like and how it's going to be a combination of both of you. So everything is so floating in the air that all you can really think about or focus on is the birth. How is this all going to go down? Yeah, I'm going to get this out of me. And when's it going to start happening? And when am I going to start feeling the contractions and, yeah. you know, all the things? Yeah. And what am I going to make my husband do? Yeah. (laughs) What am I going to be angry at him for? (laughs) Um, Yeah, Alexis said the quote, I was not prepared for dot, dot, dot. And I just thought, I wrote that down, and I was like, again, that's another one of those things. That has to be a myth. Like, what what part of any of this could we be prepared for? So it's something different, because it's not like, oh, I went to school for this. Now she's being a woman. Like she said, her resentment towards her body Uh was all about my body's supposed to know how to do this. I shouldn't have to worry about this. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. People have been doing this for thousands of years. Women in rice patties just squat down and have the baby and carry it away. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> right. Good for you. Right. <laughs> I don't know that this even – but, like uh, – like after I had him and I um, didn't do it naturally, I, I, I gained, I didn't move basically for nine months and I gained a lot of weight and I felt, you know, just, I wasn't in shape and I like to be in shape. And that's just, I was a different version of myself when I was pregnant. And when I had him, how difficult it was to push and like feeling those things or not really feeling them because I had an epidural, but also being like, I don't want to do this like this again. And, and I don't know that we'll have another kid, but we would like to. So if we are able to. Not that we're, whatever, you get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying, though? Like, the listeners get it. (laughs) Don't know. (laughs) There's no, like, subtext. I just mean, if we are blessed with another baby. I have been preparing for that, like, since that day. I've been, been, like, pelvic floor, you know, strengthening. Like, every every day that I do workouts, I think about that. And I don't know if that plays into this. I just... Birth is it's just cr- it's crazy. That was maybe just maybe yeah. cut that. I'm not. I don't know. I just felt like saying it. <laughs> I don't know that it's podcast worthy. But there you go. Uh, I loved that, and I feel like it's a very important thing that she brought up about that coworker telling her you are going to want to shake the baby. That that is a normal experience. And I was just thinking about the shadow side of our personalities. Mm-hmm. You know that we all mm-hmm. have the that dark, dark, dark side, or that more primal side. So is shadow sides? Is that like true self and getting out of true self and those like uh, it's family just, systems? It's, it's just going to be a part of it's. It's young for Carl Young's came came yes, up with that. Right, right. That's what I'm. But I, but I think it's it's just a matter of acknowledging that you're not perfect you're not going to have the right response all the time and that you don't even have to be exhausted for that to be true but then obviously the less resources you have the more (laughs) more likely you are to experience that right but i work with a lot of clients who have kind of narcissistic or self-centered moms and i was thinking about how that's one of like one of the things that they are in the most pain about is i just want her to know she's not perfect i just want her to be aware that she has bad motives or whatever like it's not that they want her to be perfect right mm-hmm. and so i was just thinking about that idea of and joy's always been so good at just owning your shadow parts you're just like yeah that's how we all are that's how it mm. is i don't know if jeremy would agree with that <laughs> but okay i'll take it <laughs> Um, so I just think that that is worth talking about, that if it's not just that you had that thought and that's okay and that's normal, but it's more if you're not having that or if you're not aware that you're having that thought, that would be more concerning. Right. So if that, does that make sense? Like, like if you're in denial means, right, that you have those and, and that's when people end up doing things because they're they're pretending it's not a part their mm. personality so there's no way to right. kind of care for it or have a check-in with yourself of oh love what's going on right. <laughs> one of the things that i do with clients all the time i don't think i've done this yet with the resources and challenges have we talked about this Mm-mm. Mm-mm. okay so mikhail chick sent me high is the father of the concept of flow when we talk about flow when we talk about how you get in like you get in the zone and you could just do something for hours you lose time and you Like you forget to eat. You're just so... You're just present. You're just completely present in an activity, doing some sort of activity. And that was discovered by 
Mikhail Chick sent me hi, which I'm so proud of being able to pronounce his name. I'm very really impressed. impressed. I was you, just impressed the second time. I was saw, like, is she going to say it exactly the same way? <laughs> if you saw it spelled, you'd oh, be like, gosh. so impressed. You should see how <laughs> I spelled it in my notes. Just yeah, I gave, my, I gave myself a little, like, I, like, took time and had a little lesson. Because I talk about this a lot. It's probably one of my favorite things I've ever learned. So he was um, a child and was noticing that soldiers like the soldiers that we would call at having PTSD. So these soldiers would come home and they were not okay. And he's like, everybody knew, oh, they were in the war, right? So they weren't even calling it PTSD, but they knew they had had traumatic situations. And he said, for some reason, like as a 10-year-old kid, he was like, but what about the soldiers that are okay? Why are they okay? And he became fascinated with why were they okay? They had the same experiences Mm -hmm. so he ended up eventually coming to america i can't remember where he was because it was the only country that was studying psychology at that time Mm -hmm. and started like learning more about what makes people do well so he's kind of the beginning of positive psychology and studied all these people who had been through trauma who were really healthy and went and like interviewed them and studied their daily life and he found that all of them had an activity that they did regularly that put them into this place of consciousness mm-hmm. and it could have even been their work like they it could have been you know a bricklayer like it, right. it but just that they would their mind would get to that place get a break and so he had what the chart that he made is basically you have challenges going up the chart like on the y axis and resources on the x axis mm-hmm. And that when your resources and your challenges are increasing at the same pace, that's what causes you to enter into a state of flow. Mm. So it's hard. And you're like, I've never done this before. Right. But wait, I think I can. So it's kind of like your mind has to like puzzle a little, but it can solve it. And right. so there's like this little like, <gasps> and your brain gets these like, you know, hits. It gets dopamine. But also what the, it starts actually whatever chemicals happen during the process of flow actually heal the brain. So the trauma that's in the brain is like getting mm-hmm. healed by this work. So I'm saying that because I she was s- talking about pottery. Well, yeah, that, but I'm saying was, it because yeah. you can use that with any any moment that you're getting stressed. Yeah, right. Well, so use the example of anxiety. Anxiety exists because your challenges are outpacing your resources, mm-hmm. right? Or boredom exists when your resources are outpacing your challenges. And so it, it's this kind of secret math that you can do when you're like, wait, you stop. You sh-, you know, like, I'm getting stressed out. What's going on? You can check in with yourself and be like, I have two options here. I can reduce my challenges or increase my resources. And that's the only, this isn't about me not being good enough. This isn't mm-hmm. about me, like, okay, I need more sleep. I need to ask for help. I need to lower my expectations for this birthday party or whatever. <laughs> so um, anyway, that has been a life-changing like model for yeah, me. Yeah, that's life-changing huge. Because it, it, it's not about you anymore. It's not about what you're, how you're incompetent you are. <laughs> right, right. Or lazy or, mm-hmm. well, it, it forces you to stop. Yeah, just to kind of turn off your self-critic and be more observant of yourself on the outside and be like, okay, this is, a, this is a doable thing to fix. I think I, I'm pretty good at doing that, but for me, I still have a hard time. I'll feel like I need to be the one to solve all the things, and I'll end up, I'm, I'm better at like delegating or like finding someone who is good at that that can help me with it, but there'll be a little bit of that that's like, oh, you phoned it in. Like, 
now you're just putting your burden on somebody else. When and so what would it mean in this context? Well, it would just be like, it doesn't matter. That's not that's not the point. Like, if it's still a resource. That person you're is still a resource to me. That friendship like, is a yeah. resource. And so I'm still doing totally. what I need to mm-hmm. do, even though. Which is not the opposite of phoning it in. Right. 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 I love that. I'm really excited about it. I feels like like I have well, two things. Sometimes if I'm like using resources and I feel like that clicking place, like to have a name for that and to know what that is. I love that. And like being able to do that math. And then also when I feel like I'm like bogging down and don't know how to move forward, just having another name for that, like increase resources. I mean, just the math thing. I don't know for my specific well, own I was, life. I was thinking about parenting is the ultimate you're solving puzzles all day long, right? Mm. He talks a lot about how you can turn anything into flow. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be my favorite activity that I've ever done. Like one example was that our, what was it? My dog kept getting into my trash can and like I'd get home and like all the trash from the bathroom trash would be like spread over. And so, and he'd not done that. Like he'd started doing that in old age. So Mm -hmm. we had not ever made any like, oh, of course your dog gets into your trash because it didn't have a lid on it. It was just an open trash. So the idea of flow is like you start making this a game you're trying to solve instead of something that's frustrating you. Mm-hmm. So like we first started with like, okay, we're going to get a trash can that has a lid on it, right? The little step stool thing, or the mm-hmm. thing you step on that pops up. And he he figured out, I don't know how he got into it, like nosed it up or whatever, pulled it out. And I was like, okay, what can I do? And finally, after way too many tries, I just turned it around. So the lid opened the opposite way. But that, like, that whole process ended up kind of being like, hmm, I'm going to, like, I felt like I was a... Instead of getting emotional. Right, right. Emotionally invested in it, because that, I feel like, is kind of paralyzing. Yes, yes. Yeah. It, it felt more like I was, um, I don't know, a lot of times when I'm in a really difficult situation, I'm like... You pay money to go to the escape game to have fun getting out of situations. Pretend <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> pretend this is escape game right, right. now. You've got to figure <laughs> this out. <laughs> and that just that process by itself moves you into the state of flow. Right. So parenting is giving you a hundred opportunities every day to be like, huh, maybe there's another way I could look at this or how we could do, which I feel like dad has always been so good at yeah. that. And then I did just want to tell a story of when Avery was four. And I don't know what awfulness she was this whole day, but it was awful. It was just like awful after awful after awful. Finally gotten her to bed. I'd finally sat down and like was watching my show and getting my food. And she came out and just started like, like I thought it was over. Mm-hmm. Like it had maybe even been an hour that was like, okay, oh, we've like really it. had time to settle. That's the <laughs> right, worst. Right. <laughs> and she came back out and I feel like she just, whatever it was, it was over the top. Like she was just yelling in my face and I'm laying on the couch. And I remember looking at her and thinking, the best thing I'm ever going to do with my entire life is not be you right now. <laughs> not punch you in <laughs> it, the it, face. It is my grandest accomplishment. <laughs> and no one is going no to be impressed. No one's going to give me credit. <laughs> No one is ever going to give me a pat on the back for not hurting my child. And I just remember being devastated by that. Yeah. (laughs) But it also made me think, like, yeah, I should have, right? Like, way to go, Jenny. Good job. Good Mm -hmm. job. Look at that self-control. see you. And then about the pottery. So, which was so fun to even know about that resource here Mm -hmm. in Nashville. Uh, Brene Brown said in all her research... That unused creativity becomes rage and depression. 
Ooh. So it's Thank not. Thank goodness I'm in my acting <laughs> class. <laughs> right. So it's no joke. That's it all is I got. no joke. So if rage and depression are surfacing in your regularly, then you do everything you can to find a creative outlet. If she mentioned EMDR, what do you? What are your thoughts on? I, mean, EMDR? I think EMDR is really great, and I think it's it's been it's had a pretty significant wave of popularity, and it has really great results. The therapists that I'm working with are feeling like basically trust your therapists like to say if that would be the best thing for you totally. or not. Like people are asking for yeah, it because yes. it's popular. And, yeah. not, and not only asking for it, but then once they get it and they don't like it, they they think, oh, I didn't get what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And I personally practice something called brain spotting, yes, which is yes. actually a kind of a grandchild of EMDR. And right now, at least, the therapists that are working with that feel like that it's a lot more fluid and easy to use with people. And both have really, really great results. Mm. But EMDR tends to work, like match people or really not. Like once they do it, they're like, yeah, this, I don't, I didn't like that. Or mm. they're like, I, I did that, I loved it. 